Hey there, it's Ariel Hawani, one-third of the fastest-growing show in combat sports. I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll, and together we are 3 Puck. Join us on the Spotify Live app after every UFC pay-per-view and become a part of the best community in mixed martial arts. Or, if you can't make it, check out the Ringer MMA Show podcast exclusively on Spotify. See you then. Love yous. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. starter joe house coming to you from the north of ireland on the line with me our pga tour correspondent on the ground nathan hubbard the first tee is open i wish nathan was here with me we could have been playing port stewart together today a magnificent links course massive dunes nate dog especially on the front nine we will make a trip for Nathan and I here in the north of Ireland, as well as the home of golf, Scotland, where I had a wonderful four days. But look, let's you just can throw fuck off with all this. A peg in the ground, and let's get this started. You want me, Nate Dog, 
to to buzz off, I want to ask you, I sent you a picture from a few days ago. You tell me, what is the appropriate pose on the Swilkin Bridge? What is, how does one do this in a manner that doesn't look like a complete hackneyed jackass? This is all just bitter jealousy for me, so ignore everything that I say today completely. It just seemed like you'd just finished a big old plate of haggis <laughs> that you were letting it all hang out on the bridge. I'm here to tell you, I mean, this is just me. We went to the Jigger Inn. It was Sunday evening. I played uh, King's Barnes. Magnificent. A it's Lux hard to remember. Lynx experience. King's Barnes. It was Jigger in, let us in. Um, they were not going to feed us, but then they, they, they bended their rules because we slipped them enough 20s. And I ordered both the fish and chips at the Jigger Inn as well as a bacon cheeseburger. I ate both in their entirety and then walked out as the sun was setting so I could enjoy the 17th and 18th holes, the first mm-hmm. hole, all at the old course at St. Andrews. All you have to do is jump over the wall. I didn't jump because there was no jumping after the double meal and a couple of jigger ales, uh, I might add. But I sent you the picture of me on the bridge. The belly was full. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and you pointed it out. You pointed out that it was a full belly. It was on display. It was on display. Speaking of display, as we are taping this podcast, uh. there is literally a court hearing happening in in real time in the Northern District of California. Judge Freeman, I think this it's they're in San Jose. Uh, and we are attuned. We are paying rapt attention to the Twitter timeline to see what she rules. We will report it to you, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par saving pals, in real time and give you a reaction. But uh, equally interesting, perhaps even more compelling within the last couple hours, reports emerging from the UK and exclusive by, I can't remember who the journalists were, but kudos to them. Cam Smith has agreed to terms with the Live Tour. Cam Smith is physically in Memphis, Tennessee, right this second, and about to go up onto a podium for a press conference in advance of the the premier and first tournament in the FedEx Cup playoffs. They are at the FedEx St. Jude, also sponsored by Northern Trust. I think they have a hand in this. Um, And he's going to have to go answer questions. He's going to have to go after and answer some questions because people are treating this report as a real-life thing. Uh, Cam Smith, Nate, are you surprised by any aspect of it? I mean, first of all, we're in Memphis, close to Graceland, and there's a whole lot of shaking going on. This is a fucking crazy week in golf, and the answer is we're not surprised because we knew after the Open when he got the question and had the reaction that he was gone. And that leash is going with him, and there are certainly we, some yeah. rumors. I mean, that, the leash part. Yeah, there's certainly some rumors that Adam Scott might follow him as part of an Australian team. But this matters. <laughs> this is the one that matters because this is the one that matters. 
They, not because I think Cam Smith draws eyeballs in the U.S. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's, he's kind of boring. Well, it's on, funny. He's just, Joe, he's just the Joe Dirt guy. That's all. Yeah. I love the mullet and all that. But he is undeniably a top five golfer in the world. He is undeniably a threat to win a major, much less any other tournament, every time he steps up. And the scale which we once could say, well, it's DJ who's, you know, he's a little past his prime. Brooks has not shown up in a long time, seems to be more of an Instagram star. Phil, who cares? Gooch, wah, wah. And Brooks, per, you know, Brooks, yeah, he's, yeah, he's still on right. his honeymoon. Brooks. He doesn't but, care. But look, Bryson DeChambeau and Cam Smith are two guys who have to be in the list of 10 who could win a major tournament every time they step up. This doesn't make the live product unbelievably compelling and it's going to work, but it is dilutive enough to not have Cam Smith defending open champion, defending players champion, which is the preeminent event outside of the FedEx cup, I guess that because the judge just called the FedEx cup, the, the super bowl of golf. No, no, the lawyer said it. The judge just went along with it. Yeah. Well, whatever. The point is the players championship has always been, trying to slot itself in as a fifth major. The champion of both of those things is gone. And so now you have to step back and say, I don't know who's won, but I know Greg Norman has won. I don't know that the fans have won. I don't know that either tour at this point is good. I don't know that, you know, the viewership, I don't know that the sponsors, I don't know that the charities have all won, but I know that Greg Norman has won because he got, what we always talked about was the key, and that is we're in this era of golf post-Tiger where there is no Tiger Woods, but there are a vast array of interesting, maybe not individually, but together, an interesting group of 20-somethings coming off a year in which 20-somethings for the first time won each major, and that if you don't crack that next generation of 20-somethings, you, you got a league for old men, no country for old men, but now you've got a real guy. And so does it increase negotiating leverage? I don't know. What I'm seeing in this courtroom right now is as much tension and, you know, uh, just bad, bad energy <laughs> between these two parties. It's going to take years to overcome, I think. But you cannot play a President's Cup straight faced without Abe Answer and without Cam Smith. You can't. So this to me, if the Cam Smith thing is confirmed and we might have it confirmed, you know, before tomorrow morning. It's confirmed. Sh shit's real now because for many of the points you, you just made, the tour is in a bind. The, uh, the, the manner in which Greg Norman has succeeded is by putting the tour in an impossible position. And it must now, the tour has to come up with a way to accommodate a certain class of live players and, you know, who, who knows what form or shape it will take. But they... Do they? At, well, look, it's... The it's majors a, do. The it's majors a business, It's a business case. Is, is the defending champion of the players going to show up at the players this year? Is I that meaningful? Not. Is that meaningful to their television partners? How I don't are they think gonna, any of us care. As Who's long as they us? don't put out that stupid 
Who's us? Uh, That's the key. Virtual augmented reality gold guy. And, and the weather doesn't blow balls backwards into their face. I think we're all going to be fine. Like, I don't think from an eyeballs perspective, he matters. I, I just think the majors it's, it's now. It's the product, though, not the eyeballs as much as the product. Doesn't it yes, diminish the product? It does, but I don't think it diminishes it enough that they have to make accommodations to live players. Uh-huh. I just think the majors have to. The majors can't not have Cam Smith. All I would say is yet. Yet. Because if it's Cam, then it and and what the you know, the douchey Australians, who cares? Mark Leishman and Adam Scott haven't been relevant, you know, in half a decade. Um, but a player of that caliber and the one that we the other guy that we've been circling and trying to monitor is is Hideki. Hideki. If, if Hideki and Cam are both gone, then I I think there there has to be a, a business accommodation because the rights partners have a right to to demand that and I don't know whether it's contractual or implied, but they have a right for the products that they're broadcasting that NBC is going to show on, on multiple channels and the peacock, if it's still alive in, in, you know, March of 2023, maybe not because they just reported they lost $2 billion. Um, but whatever <laughs> vehicles they decide to show professional golf on, if some of the best professional golfers and there ain't no arguing that Hideki and Cam Smith are at our tippy top guys um, aren't part of the product, then the rights partners have the right to ask the tour, bro, what, what am I playing? What am I paying for? Tell me yeah, what I'm paying for. Tell me I, what I'm paying for. Just think week in and week out guys miss tournaments. There's very few where every single one of the best is in it this week. You know, we're missing Bryson. We're missing DJ. We're missing Brooks and Gooch. And that's really all we're missing that, that could remotely matter. It doesn't feel like we've got a big gap, but so I'm not so sure that the broadcast partners just yet do, but like, what would you have then? You have a world in which these guys all got a big check and they still get to show up and play any PGA tour event that they want. It's just, there's so much work to do to get there. I don't think it's any event that they want. I think that there is some kind of negotiated outcome potentially for a certain class of, of players where an accommodation, a release is granted, right? Like, you know, we don't, they don't necessarily have to land in a place where Cam Smith and Hideki Matsuyama relinquish their PGA tour cards. They um, go through the same process, apply for permission to play alternate events and alternate events. And maybe, maybe they, they get permission with certain limitations, restrictions, but it's the, it's the business case. I mean, you know, we're, we're just really talking about um, what, what form and shape it might take. And those particulars are sort of way off in the future. But, but is your argument that the business case doesn't apply to live with a much weaker field because they don't run a business? <laughs> Why do you pose it that way to me? We've been saying this for three months. It's yeah. not a business. It's a PR yeah. campaign. Yeah. We, we so we'll just, just remind for, the birdie for, for buddies, the, the eagle enthusiasts, the par saving pals. Y'all know where Nate and I are on the live tour. It's an ex- exhibition event with you know some tour players that all um, got the benefit of being around when Tiger Woods was a worldwide phenomenon for twenty plus years. 
and got their faces on television and as a result are interesting enough to this uh, enterprise that the Saudis are sponsoring to be a PR vehicle for assimilating Saudi investment interests into Western culture. That's all fine. I understand that business mission, that business statement, um, what they're attempting to do. The thing they're not attempting to do is make any money. Uh, it's not a viable business proposition. They don't apparently care. It doesn't seem like they care. Maybe they'll get a TV deal somewhere down the road. That's not By relevant the way, to right now. The judge just said, these live contracts lock up these players in ways the PGA Tour never imagined. They are so restrictive. Now, she has seen things no one else has publicly. There's All some true. In interesting shit dribbling out here. So just a reminder to everybody, we are in fire hose season. We've been in fire hose season now for, for three months, uh, three plus months, really since the first uh, event got off the ground. The first live event was successfully executed and we've made it, uh, I, I don't know, uh, 14 and a half minutes into this podcast without giving any due credit to our homeboy, our beloved Tom the Tank Kim. Tank Kim, baby! Who went out and burned the house down Sunday at Sedgefield Country Club, 27 on the front nine, limped his way to a 61, took the whole thing down, <laughs> and sent poor Matt Wallace home with, with nothing. Poor Matt yeah. Wallace was sitting right there on 125. Now, I don't imagine he felt comfortable, but he had to feel like, like he had a decent shot at getting into these playoffs. And you get to the playoffs, this is the one thing that, uh, you know, all of it's subject to change in the face of the tour's um, responses to the live incursion. But that's a guaranteed paycheck. There's, a, there's one guaranteed paycheck on the PGA Tour. And that's making it to these playoffs. Top 125, you get a check. And the size of the check, you know, goes up if you make it to 70, if you make it to 30, right? Yeah. I feel badly for a guy like Austin Smotherman, who was sitting on the cut line, had to come back and play the last putt on 17th hole and hole on 18. He needed to play that in even par. He had a 12-foot birdie putt on his 17th hole, he lips that out, still stripes his drive in the middle on 18, and then hits just an unforgivable shot on his approach. I mean, just, there's a ski slope 20 paces to the left of the hole, and he misses it right. It tumbles down the hill, and you're just screwed at that point. Double bogeys, misses the cut, therefore is out of the top 125, has to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals to try to reclaim his card. Justin Lauer, who was playing terrific, worked his way all the way up into the top 20 at one point and then faltered a bit down the stretch. He has to go do the same thing. Our guy Brian Stewart at one point had worked his way from the 140s all the way up, faltered a bit down the stretch. He has to go. There was just a lot of heartbreak. I love this tournament, not for who wins it, although you know we love Tank Kim. We brought you Tank Kim, birdie buddies. We've been talking but, about it. But but I I, I love this tournament for for the heartbreak and and for, for the joy there were a couple of guys who played their way in max mcgreevy sacked up and worked his way all the way in to secure himself you know there were some other guys who seemed to have gotten the energy from the pressure of the moment and, and turned it into positive results so it ends a season 
mean, let's just, we got to give Tank Kim a few props here. I mean, the guy is the only guy younger to win a PGA tournament since World War II is Jordan Spieth. He is the third youngest player ever to reach 21st in the world. The other two were Sergio and Rory. He gained 12.54 strokes putting, which is the fourth best putting performance of any tournament in the Shotlink era. And he did all of that and won this tournament easily after making a quadruple effing bogey on the first hole. I mean, he is wise beyond his years the way he talked about being able to compartmentalize the stress, although he certainly felt the stress. The fact that he still hasn't looked at his bank account because Tiger Woods never looked at his bank account. Just the fact that he came on with special temporary membership having to perform down the stretch here. He didn't even have to win to get his card, but there he is. I mean, suddenly you got a 20-year-old who is a top 25 player in the world. Uh, it just keeps... That's why these guys are running away to live because Tank Kim is on their ass. And so a lot of these guys are going, big check, I'm not going to make this money here on the tour, and so I'm gone. Now, the tour house, just in the past couple of days, has circulated a memo to players looking forward and saying, hey, if Jim Furyk was playing today, over the course of his career, with the changes that we've made and the, and the monetary changes that are coming, he would have made $600 million. So you look what? at a guy, yes. What? Because of because of his wins, where he did it, and the amount of money that's out there. Hey. So what? So they're modeling out. They're modeling out the careers of players, and saying with the changes that we've made and the amount of money that's available, if you had the same career as this guy, here's how much money you can make. And that is where you start to go. Well, shit. All right, that's real money, and maybe maybe it's worth saying. But guess who was second? Sung J M was second. Suddenly you got two South Koreans. If I'm Greg Norman. I, I got the phone up right now trying to get Team South Korea over to live because with a, with a stroke of a check, I might be able to pull two of the not just best South Korean golfers, but two of the top 10, 20 golfers on tour and put them on a team too. There's a lot that's still to come here. I have a few things to res respond to. Uh, first of all, you reminded me, the reported number that Cam Smith allegedly um, has agreed to sign for is $100 million. And to me, that makes the whole thing seem mildly suspicious. $100 million, The defending Open champion, the defending players champion, gets less money than Bryson DeChambeau allegedly got? Again, nobody knows who Cam Smith is. He could walk into, you know... Just about any uh, uh, Walmart in Arkansas, and you know, and I'm not any anywhere, any Walmart in in any place in America it doesn't have to be Arkansas. And people say, "Oh, look at that boy's mullet," uh, and that would be the end of it. Nobody would say, "Oh, there goes the guy who won the British champ uh, Open Championship, and also the defending Players Championship, and he's worth he won twenty over twenty seven million dollars on 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 the PGA Tour, and he just got a hundred million. But the cachet that he delivers to this enterprise, I mean, if he signed for $100 million, he's getting bad advice. That, that's an agent. He's got representation yeah. who just wants that cut and wants to move on. Do you agree with that? It, it feels like they might have taken advantage of him. I, you still got to wonder what's going on behind the scenes. By the way, he did step up to the press conference. They asked him and he said, my goal here is to win the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's all I'm here for. I have no comment on that, which is... 
<laughs> yes, I'm, I've signed. Yes. I've signed. But I mean, you wonder if behind the scenes there's some obviously equity ownership. So we say it's $100 million. One of the things that came out in this trial, by the way, was the judge and the lawyer intimating that the payments that are being made to these players indeed are uh, recouped against winnings, which is to say, if you win a tournament, you make four million bucks. You don't actually get a check for four. Now you're down to 96 and you've still got a running balance. How about this? Brandel was right. And Brandel seemed to be right. Yeah. So there's a, you know, not with, as usual, uh, not every contract has that aspect to it. I mean, that certainly doesn't apply to Phil or DJ or Bryson. I can't imagine that those guys are agreeable to that. Right. No, I, 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 yeah. But I want to pick up on a couple other things that you kind of observed. This notion, the $600 million for, for Furyk, if, uh, you know, if the purses were at the, the 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 capacity that they seem to be, you know, headed towards now, the tour pledging to have elevated all these, <laughs> like, um, hello, what are you? What were we waiting for? Well, like, this is the my that's going to be the eternal question for Monahan issue with with the tour. This is they've been put on the defensive. From the beginning, and this is the the vulnerability of using your single biggest defense, your single biggest weapon at the outset. You have nowhere to go from there, and they use the nuclear option at the very beginning, which was we're banning you for life if you sign up to the live, and there are no ifs, ands, or buts, and not only are we banning you, but we're also going around behind the scenes and telling anybody who does business with Liv, if you do business with Liv, you can't ever do business with us ever under any circumstances. And it puts them in a position where there isn't really anywhere to go, right? I mean, this is, they, 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 they made a calculated gamble. So now they have to do stuff like what you're describing, which is, well, you know, if, if, these these uh, purses that we announced two and a half fucking weeks ago or whatever it is, you know, yeah. within the most recent memory and the most reactive posture possibly. Yes. Possible. Um, we're at that level. Well, Jim Furyk would have made a lot of money. Well, you know, yeah. con- congratulations. With that I, in a sandwich, he's halfway full. Yeah, House, they, they did not move on from Tiger Woods. They, they assumed as long as they had Tiger, Tiger drove the money, Tiger drove the ratings, Tiger drove, Tiger drove, Tiger drove. Well, once Tiger drove himself off the road and the era of Tiger clearly was coming to an end, they did not move fast enough to shore up the flank. And that is the hallmark of a CEO without vision who does not think enough steps ahead. And I think Monaghan has to take the arrows for well, that mistake. He's going to take the arrows, and I don't know how much of it I honestly blame him. I've said a couple times on this pod, I've shared with you my view that Fincham yes, is Fincham. really the architect of yep. of of this. The funny thing is that you said that's the hallmark of a CEO. That to me, it's like it's the hallmark of a monopolist. It's the hallmark of somebody who doesn't think that he's a, that they're ever going to be confronted with genuine uh, competition, which is why. The European guys were, were so susceptible, which is why, you know, dangling the Euro tour, letting them 
run into the financial distress, like all of it, like all of it, just not on their game because they all believed their own bullshit. Tiger Woods came in, changed the world, and they all gave themselves bonuses for Tiger Woods showing up and making them all rich. And that's what happened, right? Here we are. Here we are. My Eagle enthusiasts, the PGA playoffs are here. So don't miss your chance to step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet the tour with a no sweat first bet. If you don't win, you're going to get up to $1,000 back in free bets. We like this tournament because it's time for the cream to rise to the top. We have a nice set of guys we're focused on. We like Victor Hovland this week for a top 20. We like Russell Henley this week for a top 20. We like Terrell Hatton this week for a top 20. Look for those guys in those finishing position bets and look for them in head-to-heads. Victor Hovland plus money head-to-head against Tony Finau. Top Gun Tony's on a heater, but look, Hovland is is a big stud horse and loves this golf course. There are great promotions every day on FanDuel. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code ROLLIN to get started with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Promo code ROLLIN. Quick disclaimer, you have to be 21 years old or older and present in the following states. Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois. Permitted parishes only in Louisiana. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. The first online real money wager only. Refunds issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. It's 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 or dial 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Louisiana, you call 1-877-770-STOP. New York, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or you can text HOPE-NY to 467-369. The Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. In Wyoming, it's 1-800-522-4700. Or you can visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Anyway, so we have a lawsuit that's 106 pages. We have a response that's 35 pages. Lots of folks in the golf community have been doing um, the hard work of going through the complaint and going through the PGA Tour's response. We, at some point, will have... We've we've looked at these things. Nate and I have views and opinions. We will get uh, guests on here to help us with the, the, the larger case, which is not going to be resolved uh, anytime soon. I know we don't have a result yet, but I'm telling you my forecast for how the TRO the temporary restraining order that the live enterprise embedded in their complaint, seeking permission from a federal judge to order the PGA tour to accommodate Hudson Swafford and Taylor Gooch and Mac Jones, three dudes who, if they walked into the bottom of the hotel I'm at right now, you might give them your bags. Cause you say, bros, I need, I need some help with the luggage. Uh, that's as, uh, Noteworthy is, except for, you know, well, and they're, if they're, if they're in their very handsome Peter Millar, um, logoed clothing, you still might give them your bags because they, they, they might look like the employees, but, uh, they might end up with permission. We'll, we'll know, um, probably during the pendency of this podcast, uh, whether those few folks are permitted to be contestants in the FedEx Cup. That would take the field from, isn't it a 124 player field? Because Fleetwood said he's taking time off for family. Well, it's it's actually 122, ironically, because Fleetwood's out, Lanto's out, and Nate Lashley uh, pulled out with a toe injury. Are so Fleetwood's out for the entirety of the playoffs. He he's suggested suggested. Are, are Nate Lashley and Lanto also out, or is it just Lash, this event? Lashley Lashley TBD, but I think he's in a position where. He can't move up. So he's in the 90s. So he's out. And Lanto's definitely out because he had a discectomy or whatever, where a no, micro discectomy. Oh, yep. that's a back thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's out. He, he, ain't, he ain't coming back. He's going to get his check and that'll be good. Good year that's for Lanto. Right. That's right. All right. Well, um, we gave our kudos to the folks at the Wyndham. Um, we can only hope since. <laughs> the presentation of the Wyndham Championship over the course of the weekend by the presenting television partners didn't capture all the drama. I mean, I know that it's hard to 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 really drill down into the um, interest stories of the guys on the cut and the significance of the cut line moving, and you know, a lot of folks on golf Twitter paying very close attention to that that uh dynamic including our your buddy our buddy the homie max homa yes who's you know been a vocal advocate and supporter 
of Cutline TV on Fridays, especially when careers are on the line. Seems like it could be an interesting story. I guess we'll find out whenever the Netflix show comes out, because that's the drama. The only real drama, Nate Dogg, I need your reaction to this, of the broadcast, from my perspective, was the outpouring of emotion <laughs> for Nick Faldo on the broadcast Sunday, where, uh, you know, we, we, finally, had, we finally had the, the farewell moment, and... Waterworks. I, well, I admired, on the one hand, the authenticity of the yes. response. They all went off script, which was kind of fun. Hey, to CBS golf guys, these past middle-aged dudes, you know, doing these 60 and 70-year-old dudes who've been doing this yeah. you know, for decades, they're off script. This is kind of fun. There was so much crying. I'll, I'll stop there. I mean, not from what Jim Nance. Think? Jim um, Nance treated it like, he, at, at, like when Tiger won the Masters in 2019. He just he made a statement and then he just bowed out and he just sat there, and he, he tried to sort of mediate. I, I don't I don't know. He, I think he he just he snapped into broadcaster mode <laughs> instead of friend yeah. mode, and all the other guys were in friend mode. It, it was it was super pro Nance. I just like what does it take to get Nance to cry? He ain't going to cry on TV. Jim Nance is not going to cry on TV. Well, He won't go it, on TV if he thinks he's going to cry. He's a professional. All right. Well, I, I listen, it was a nice send-off for Faldo. Uh, his, you know, calling of the Tony Finau comeback victory was a nice way for him awesome. to go out. Yeah. And he clearly was loved and appreciated by his colleagues. I value him a little bit more than I think the general golf Twitter does. But it is a good time for all telecasters to step back and think about who are the voices that we want shaping the fans' processing and understanding of this game? Are there ways for us now at this moment where televising golf, the product itself, as we just said, is being bifurcated and diluted simultaneously? What are the ways to make this broadcast different, more interesting, more fun, more widely accessible to an audience of people and, and what are the games within the game that we can create or televise or, or, or put a spotlight on, of which there are many, including that cut cam, you know, including a whole bunch of other gambling-related things and just interesting stories. It's time with the departure of Faldo, not that he was in the way of it in any way, shape, or form, but it is time to start rethinking the way that they do this. And I, I'm not telling you that I think the live broadcasts are the way to go necessarily, but it is certainly a moment to step back and say, we got to make this product more accessible to more people because in and of itself, you're going to lose eyeballs. If you just if you just do the math, the eyeballs are going to go down as some quality players leave. So how do we make it better? I will tell you, uh, I am abroad. I'm with a sizable group of absolute golf fanatics, um, including folks who enjoy watching professional golf, competitive golf, in whatever manner it, it's available, including the live. And I've had some, I've heard some observations from some folks that, you know, it's a pretty good product. And they had very low expectations in terms of the, the presentation. The presentation is not 
shoddy. It's not no. slipshod. It's it's legit. Yeah. And so if you don't have like, you know, a principled basis for not being interested in, in, in that, if you're just looking for an entertainment vehicle to go oh, that, that consists of com- competitive golf, even though it might be less competitive than the tour, I'm just telling you, folks aren't dismissing it out of hand. Mm-hmm. Just no. in terms of the experience of it. Yes, that's right. And, and and there's more to do. More Look, to do. There's more to do. Uh, I the the latest fun is that the live lawyers kept their mics on during the 15 minute recess, and <laughs> they talked about Brandel Shambly and the the contract stipulation stuff where where the money won in the tournaments is recouped against the live contracts, and so it's just a circus. It's a total circus. And by the yeah. way. None of this is fucking growing the game. There's one other thing to mention about this lawsuit house, which is leading up to this before the lawsuit, you had a lot of people being like, including like Justin Thomas. Hey, I don't hate DJ. I'm still friendly with DJ. You know, I'm disappointed, but like DJ's not a bad guy. And like, you know, I, I don't have a problem, blah, blah, blah. The lawsuit triggered a whole lot of public snarky and also direct comment from players on tour that has... I think entrenched some some real resentment and bitterness because when you sue the PGA Tour, you're suing the players, and so the you know the, whether it was I think it was Ryan Palmer maybe this morning who said you know if you want to go to the circus, stay in the circus, or Joel Damon who tweeted you, you know it, I, I like cake but like you can't you don't get your cake and eat it too right there there the battle lines here were hardened over this lawsuit. The players are pissed. You, you can't blame them. I mean, it, it is uh, literally picking their pockets. They, they, it's, they, they all have some small share that they have to pay themselves out of the global enterprise for the purposes of paying the lawyers. And this is going to be expensive, expensive litigation. I know in your own business dealings, Nathan Hubbard, you have acquired a little bit of experience, not necessarily with antitrust litigation, but just the basic concepts that drive an antitrust analysis and, you know, some of the permutations, some of the factors that might go in. What we can say with certainty is that it's very complicated and complex and highly fact specific and highly unique to the industry. Am I right about that? You are. I'm, listen, Twitter's got enough golf-focused antitrust lawyers right now, so I, I don't want to pretend that we know what the fuck we're talking about. But there are a host of little nuances here. It's not necessarily illegal to be a monopoly. It is illegal to use that monopoly power to protect competition. I think on the surface, Liv seems to be doing pretty damn well right now. We have a long way to go here. This is going to take years, not months. And regardless of what the judge says in the next very few minutes about whether those three guys get to play in the FedEx Cup, that will simply be kicking the can down the road to the broader question, which is, does the PGA Tour get to set the guidelines around the conditions that you must meet to play the PGA Tour, or is it going to blow wide open? And if it blows wide open, how will the other players 
on the PGA Tour respond because again, they now see Cam Smith taking his $100 million. They see Bryson with the cash. These guys stayed, didn't take it. They're not going down without a fight. I, I, I agree. Let me ask you this question, Nate Dog. Do you think that this surrounding circus, the surrounding dispute, these circumstances putting the tour into the news and the cycle with the volume and frequency that's occurring now is beneficial to the product that's going to be on TV this week and through the playoffs into the tour championship? You know, I guess all PR is good PR is the saying. And in this case, I think it can only be somewhat helpful, especially with the Cam Smith news breaking. So I think there will be more eyeballs. It's going to be harder to be Cam Smith this week. That's for sure. Who cares about Mark Leishman? Uh, I, I think generally speaking, it's probably good for the tour. My question is, does the tour really know how to harness that? <laughs> and the frustrations that we have are that generally speaking, the answer seems to be no. I mean, they should have had an entire live stream on ESPN+. Plus. Like They should have had Austin Smotherman and yeah, they published it. They went out, they filmed it, and they put it up through social accounts a little bit later. It's fine. But they could have really leaned into that through their partner. ESPN should have been talking about, everyone tune in. This guy's got to play golf for his job tomorrow morning. The fact that they can't harness that moment suggests that they're not really going to do the greatest job of harnessing this one. They've done a lot of hear no evil, see no evil around this stuff and, and stayed silent, uh, except in the courtroom. I, I don't have high hopes, House. So it is kind of the only sporting thing going on right now because right. really where we are is preseason football. And it was smart of the tour and and probably FedEx. Honestly, I bet it was FedEx who, who um, demanded that the schedule be yeah. you know adjusted to accommodate. Let's get all of this in before the first college football game. Can, right. we, can we can we please do that or roughly coincident with that? Right. Um, so that we're not competing with things that sports fans genuinely uh, pay attention to and, and care about. But I do think um, there will be my view is that there will be um, heightened interest and yes, that they'll be able to to, you know, take some of this furor and, and you know, promote the fact that the best guys are playing down in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, we have a custom when the tour moves to Memphis, we try and get our homeboy, Verno, Chris Vernon, Memphis own, uh, the architect of the world-famous Masters Updates, the Thursday, Friday. Verno could not be bothered to join us this week, Nate <laughs> Dog. <because laughs> He's too busy interviewing Tony Finau. Where? Where he be now? He's with Vernon. House. I told you. Time out. The judges ruled that the TRO was timely, but the plaintiffs didn't establish harm, and the tour's application of its own regulations are not unreasonable. Those three guys are not playing the FedEx Cup this week. Wow. So I would have lost a dollar. So that's what, I'm, that's what, yes. That's what you know my, I like to gamble. You know what? You know why we got there? was correct. You What's know why we, why we got to that result? Because I had the other side. Everybody well, knows, you know. That's why you had the other side. Fade house. That's right. 
look, just to explain that this this is what happened here is these players waited until a week before the event to file the temporary restraining order. And generally speaking, like in the case, and this is a different legal code, but basically the same pr- principle, like in the case of the Scottish Open, the judge there granted Ian Poulter the right to play. Here, what you can't do is wait and wait and procrastinate. And then at the last second, file the lawsuit and say, you've got to stop this right away uh, when there's not enough time to really evaluate the facts. A judge will generally say, hey, this feels like you created an emergency that you didn't have to. You had plenty of time and plenty of information to file this a long time ago so that we could make a considered assessment of the facts and come out with a judgment. The fact that you didn't suggest that you were trying to create an emergency that therefore doesn't exist. And that is what this judge has concluded. And that's why, as uh, the, the live lawyer called them, these three poor kids will not be allowed to play the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Here so we, the field hey, is 122. It affects your it. missed cut bets now. We did promise to the to the uh, birdie buddies and the eagle enthusiasts we would have this answer. Now, the only thing I wondered about in terms of the timeliness of the application for the TRO, I thought the argument that they were waiting for the appeals process to kind of run its course might carry some weight with the judge because the tour didn't finally you know, uh, conclude, hear whatever arguments um, those three dudes had to make and, you know, finally adjudicate that until it was within the last couple of weeks. But your point is, is the one that the judge agreed with, which is all the known facts were in front of you. You didn't have to wait for that appeals process to run its course to apply for the TRO. They told you they were going to ban your ass and then they banned your ass and you can't show up here two days before the tournament's supposed to start and say, please let us in, right? And, and, and importantly, it's not unreasonable for the tour to have banned them. Not unreasonable now, for the tour to have banned them. Now, does the fact that Cam Smith may have already signed a contract to leave, knowing what we know about the tour having suspended Mickelson for recruiting players, do you think they're going to let Cam Smith play the next three events? They have to. What, what basis would they have for denying him uh, access and playing? He, he's get, eligible to play. Yeah. He's met all the qualifications. Has he violated the, the code of conduct and the requirements of membership that Mickelson violated when getting suspended? That's well, that, I, that's, I don't know if we can make that comparison because Mickelson, according to the very interesting legal filings of the last uh, week and a half was or recruiting. so, was recruiting. Do you think that Cam... I don't, who, what if Cam gonna, was recruiting Leash? Who's going to listen to Cam? You, you think that Cam would need to re- recruit Leash? <laughs> you, Utah, here, here's how Cam recruited Leash. He's like, hey, Leash, watch this. I'm going to go win the British Open. You don't got a chance, brother. Don't even mm. bother showing up here. He, he, he recruited in the way that Michael Jordan recruited, you know, uh, uh, the, the, all the guys whose ass he whooped uh, in the NBA. Yeah. Well, look, hey. we learned a few interesting things through this process. We learned that uh, it appears that the, the advances or the big payouts are recoupable against winnings. For, it, it, 
if you don't have the leverage to negotiate a non-recoupable contract. Yes. it. We learned that live players have an obligation to wear live-related material when they're playing in golf tournaments. Uh, we learned that there are some other very strict restrictions on the players that clearly do not exist within the PGA Tour. What we did not learn, and there's a lot of timeline chatter wherever you get your news about this, we did not yet learn the merits of this antitrust case fully yet. We, we encountered a judge who seemed somewhat skeptical by saying it sure looks like you guys are doing okay. 20% market share. And that's before the breaking news that you've signed away the reigning players champ and, and open champion. But there is still a lot more to play out. So don't get yourself into it. it, it it's as Jason Sobel has cutely noted on Twitter. If this is match play, PGA Tour is one up, but we still got 17 holes to play. I agree with all of that, and I'm glad we're talking about competitive golf now because... Let's get back to golf, baby! I've already lost one bet on this podcast tonight. No. Let, let's, do, let's do better. This, this is the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, we're going to try... Look, everybody knows when we're doing the, the, the Lord's work with FanDuel... We're trying to come up with with these parlays that pay extraordinary odds. These are long shots, but we just want everybody to have a nice rooting interest as the weekend comes upon us. Um, I <laughs> want to try and come up with a few guys to make the top twenty, Nate. Well, let, let's let's do it. I mean, there have been fifty seven winners of FedEx Cup tournaments since 2007. Uh, it used to be that there were four playoff events. Now, of course, there's only three. Almost always, House, these are big boys. I mean, the only real what the fuck just happened was when Bill Haas won in 2011. And even that year, the first three winners were D DJ, Webb Simpson, and Justin Rose. Other than that, you got names across the board. Rory, Ricky won one, Jason Day, Patrick Reed, Bryson, Tiger, Furick, right? Yes. Mickelson. Like these are, and Finau, Cantlay, right? Rom. These wow. are the names, Thomas, that win these tournaments with very few exceptions. So I think you're right to focus on some finishes because there is still a tournament within the tournament this week. 120, now 122 guys are in this tournament. The top 70 and only the top 70 move on to next week, right? We get quadruple the points. So it's very, very possible for guys to move from outside the top 70 to inside the top 70. And then from the BMW, of course, only the top 30 move on. But that means that guys who are around the 70 mark and around the 30 mark right now have extra incentive to start playing really well. And so as we look at some guys who maybe have extra motivation, that's the place to go look because you know some big boys going to win this tournament. And the odds on some of the big boys this week kind of suck, don't they? they? They always do. But you made the compelling case. You got to go chalky, chalk, chalk, chalk. I mean... The last five winners of this thing were Abe Answer, who was on, on a heater. That's not uh, a, a shock. Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and, and, and Dustin Johnson. Like, the, the, the tippy-top names. Uh, and 
you know, Rory and, and Kepka had a pretty uh, exciting, you know, duel down the stretch um, at this venue in recent memory as well, where Rory beat Brooks. So an, another gigantic name uh, in, in the mix. Um, what's your inclination that the, the, the challenge is if we go chalky chalk chalk, how are we going to separate, you know, guys uh, amongst this? Well, look, there are some guys who, for me, ha- have that motivation. Look, Victor Hovland said this is one of his favorite courses on tour. He's 19th in FedEx, so he's not a total lock for the tour championship. But he's on his own. He's plus 145 for a top 20 this week. He's plus 126 head-to-head versus Tony Finau. And this is a guy who definitely wasn't ready for the spotlight at the Open, but he was there in that last group. I mean, he's still one of our best players in the world. I, I, I'm, I'm liking the Victor Hovland situation this week. Yeah, I, I like it, him quite a bit as well. I feel like those prices, especially the head-to-head, is, is really favorable, notwithstanding how hot um, Tony has been and notwithstanding right. the bump that Tony's going to get from Verno. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love that um, that Hovland, went, what we saw Victor Hovland over the last three weeks since the Open Championship is him in Norway playing golf. Right. You know, and he's, he's like fully, you know, in, in coats and stuff. He's back with his people playing um, Norwegian munis from tee boxes that don't exist. They have to create, you know, little little slivers of land for him to go far enough back to play these courses. I absolutely adore that. So I'm I'm ready to join you on Hovland. Let's make him one leg of our three leg parlay here. Okay. Um, who 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 else do you like? Who else well, do you now, got? In so this now mix? I'm looking at I'm looking at guys between 30 and 50. Okay. Yeah. The guys who maybe have a chance to get in who we'd trust to throw down the pedal and get into the tour championship, start making a move. Tyrrell Hatton is 49th. His last five tournaments, T13 at the PGA, he missed the cut in Canada, but then 56th at the U.S. Open, 24th at the Scottish, T11 at the Open, T8 at the Wyndham last week with a 64 on Sunday, and a positive tweet from one of the most negative, self-deprecating humans on the planet about the state of his game, I, Tyrrell Hatton, I believe for the moment has said no to live. And so he's all oh. in trying to go get that 18 mil, get his way to the ch- tour championship. So Tyrrell, I feel like he's been a little quiet this year, but that, that last, you know, in particular, the T11, the T8, everything is trending in the right way coming off a of 64 on Sunday. Okay. So we will put him in his odds to finish top 20 plus 220. So we have Hovland at plus, what'd you say, plus 145. We got Hatton at plus 220. Give me, let's do one more. Let's get one more in this thing. Russell Henley, he's 32nd. And he, his last two starts, he's T10 and T5 in Detroit and Wyndham. We don't trust Russell Henley with the lead. We just don't. But he is a Georgia boy. He wants to get to Eastlake. It's there for him. And he, is a streaky player. His ball striking stats have been awesome. And I think this is the week where with a, with a really strong performance, riding that hot streak coming into the third week, you could expect him to finish really strong and move his way deep into the top 30, get his way to Eastlake. Yeah. So I'm a Russell Henley fan. 
in in a top 20 kind of posture for the reasons that that you're mentioning also a good putter on bermuda and if you believe that there are correlations between some events like uh, uh events at pga national events at bay hill events at riviera um he has top 20s at all those venues um and and he he is he might be our new top 20 since tony finau now is top gun tony let's come up with a way russell henley is our top 20 guy now he might be you know let's come with top 20 henley is that what we're calling him brew the day russell brew the day we bet on him to win <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he holds a 54 old lead everybody knows to fade our stuff anyways but this is for fun this is to give everybody a rooting interest that root for russell root for russell top, top 20 Henley. um that three-way that three-legger it pays out at a very handsome plus 23 30 that's better than 23 to one odds this is wow. the season build up your bankroll in advance of nfl season so you can go lose it all on the super sharp NFL lines where everybody loses <laughs> eventually and, you know, have a little bit of fun. It's, it's, it's early August. You should be playing golf. I'm playing golf. Nate won't let me really talk about how much fun I'm having in Scotland and in North Ireland, but I'm having a cracker of a time. Um, I've seen some of the world's greatest golf courses. I've had the fantastic opportunity to put uh, the old course underneath my own two feet. And I just will pledge to Nathan that, that the next time I do it, he'll, he'll be along for the ride. Can't wait. Okay. Well, there we go. My birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par saving pals. We're doing the best we can. It continues to be fire hose season. Fire hose season. Uh, check out the house Instagram at house from DC. If you want to see pictures of what Scotland and Northern Ireland look like. Since Nate won't let me talk about it on the podcast, uh, we will be back next week. We'll have the uh, FedEx event in our rearview mirror, the first playoff event, the, the St. Jude um, in Memphis. Then we'll be in Wilmington, Delaware, and there will right. definitely be another 50 hilarious stories between now and then that emerge from these legal filings, which are just absolute gold mines for hilarious stuff about. Um, the, 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 the manner in which the PGA Tour has responded to this live threat and all of the circus act and the clowns associated with live. Of course, those lawyers talked with their microphone on. That's what clowns do. And there we go. Until next time, my birdie buddies, please, let's head them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. 
Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.